sound the the party poppers and everything else explosions fireworks incoming transmission engage house party protocol mark four powering up mark 17 powering up mark 44 powering up all suits are online welcome to house party protocol Power up suits and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only Nate from the Gamers Guild. What's happening, my bud? Ah, uh, so so much, so much <laughs> indeed. Like holy moly, so much is going on right now. Like I can't even with all this so much happening. Yeah, they're. Uh... For for the record, if you're listening to this like five months down the road, uh, AMG has just dropped essentially all of the 1.5 updates, and there are a lot more than I had anticipated. Yeah, and it's literally we are recording this on 11:22, and the drop happened like 30 minutes ago. So this is all hot take, rapid reaction here. So just keep that in mind. If you're listening to this, and if you're new to House Party Protocol, what a great place to start! I'm just saying, like, couldn't Woo. even be couldn't couldn't be better. <laughs> so, Nate, we have a lot to discuss here, and I want to give two shout outs real quick. One shout out to AMG for giving us this stuff on a holiday week. That's pretty cool, and also. Anti shout out to them for not doing it before we had the tournament because that would have been better. But you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'll live. But it's all uh, good. also, also uh, shout out to Nagoldar, like Lord of the Forums, for all of his contributions and everything. And he's uh, one of our. Uh, he's in our Discord, and he's just one of the nicest people that you'll ever chat with on Discord. And if you ever have any questions, you can usually uh, find him, and he'll uh, answer them for you. And you know, the rules forum is also a thing. So shout out to him and uh, his article that he wrote and was like, as soon as these changes went live, he was like, publish. <laughs> and so makes it kind of easy to keep everything together. So I really appreciate him. Yeah, no, no joke. It uh, having all of that information compiled in one spot instead of having to reread through the rules the 50th time for all the, the small changes, because there are some small changes that uh are are notable and really will affect uh gameplay and also just ease of understanding stuff so uh we're gonna walk you through all of that and uh yeah any other things before we just dive in uh no i don't have anything else for the suits out there and i say we just take it from the top nate what about you let's do it so first things first we have the updated roster construction information and i think that this is the one that we can we've kind of been talking about and hinting at for a while but real quick as an update to that the roster construction process you can now have more characters with the same alter ego so for instance we have two versions of peter parker right so mm -hmm. you can have both amazing spider-man and spider-man in parentheses vanilla version 
Peter on Parker. the same roster. So that's really nice to see that you can do that kind of thing. Uh, Black Widow as an example here as well. And throughout the Marvel Universe, there are countless different versions of the same named characters. So it's nice that we can have the same alter ego within a roster. But when it comes to putting those characters on the tabletop, you can't have two Peter Parkers in a squad on the tabletop at the same time. So I really like that. Just an asterisk to throw on there. Uh, you can still only take a singular character once in your roster. So you can only have one Spider-Man Peter Parker. You can't have multiples. And that becomes important for uh, the Infinity Gems, uh, which kind of leads into the next thing. Uh, because they are no longer consuming a roster spot, they come in equipped to a character uh, instead. So you can only, uh, for example, Thanos, you can only have one Thanos in your roster, and you can only equip up to two gems to him, and you can't like take them on and off and all that kind of stuff. So what you mean by that is, Nate, that whatever version of Thanos that you put into your roster, so let's say space and time, even though I think that's literally no one ever would use that. But let's just say that's the version that you have in your roster. That's the only version of Thanos that can see the tabletop, correct? Correct. Okay. So keep that in mind because that also affects threat value and stuff like that. Yeah, it's going to be harder. Not not quite as flexible for the Black Order as they once were. Exactly. But I still think it's going to be pretty good for them. But uh, we'll talk about kind of how these things kind of play out over time because... This is all new, hot take, rapid reaction stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the winners and losers here at the end. Exactly. So the next change, and we've been talking about this one for a while, and this is probably, I'm going to be honest with you, Like, so there's plenty of things going on with characters, plenty of things going on with rules, all this different stuff. And like this is probably 1A to my Ghost Rider 1B of favorite changes, and that is tactics cards going to 10. Because Woo. building a roster has always felt limited by the tactics card slots, for me, anyways. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of kind of multi-affiliation shenanigans, and it's like, man, if I only had that one more tactics card slot, I could really run Web Warriors, Avengers, and Defenders for real, all in one, or Web Warriors and Midnight Suns and something else, because, you know, whatever x-men whatever it is you know what i mean so i'm really mm -hmm. glad that we're getting this change and it's official now so my roster building is about to be insane in the membrane i said that just now you did uh and also what's really nice is it's going to uh open up like some of those character specific tactic cards like killmonger with usurp but also even just kind of like some of those tech cards like mark for death if you are going into a tournament being like, man, like I, I really don't want to face Web Warriors, but that card is going to help level the playing field. But usually it wouldn't make it into the 8, probably can make it into the 10. Absolutely. And I'm really excited to see kind of how, especially with some of the other stuff we're going to talk about, roster building and seeing what tactics cards see more table time. Uh, it's mm -hmm. it's really going to be very interesting because, like you said, Marked for Death is one of those cards where it's like I always want to put it in, and I just never do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, this is pretty great. What's next? Uh, mission building. Uh, again, this is uh, this is one where both of the changes have already been talked about, revealed, uh, but we're going to go over them again just so that because some of the things that have been previously revealed have been changed. Uh, so, the two changes are, first, the crisis selection process of uh, just 
having your three and discarding one and picking from the remaining two is not the case anymore. Instead, uh, you just pick one of yours randomly, and that's that. Yeah, and then the fun thing in addition to that is the player that does not win the priority roll-off now gets to choose the threat value. Yep. So, I really love that. And there's definitely some implications for how this is going to affect things on a competitive level. I think casually, this this is kind of like a quality of life change more than anything. Just make things simpler and, and take a little bit of the metagame out of it, maybe. I don't know. But there's a lot to unpack with this change, and we can leave that for another time. But overall, I think this is an interesting change and probably a net positive, and it's one that I'm excited to see, again, more data on. But I think the most exciting thing here, Nate, is the threat value change. Being able to have that player that doesn't win the priority role, so the person that actually activates second, be able to choose the threat value of a mission so they can maybe have things a little bit more in their favor if they get an unfavorable crisis setup. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because the randomized crisis cards can put you in an awkward situation uh, now and again where uh, it, it's a good crisis for you, but it also turns out it's a good crisis for your opponent. Exactly. Exactly. So next up, we have just a clarifying change to the core rulebook, and that's about how squad affiliations work. And basically, one of the questions that came up, Nate, I saw all the time on Facebook, on the Discord, yada, 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 was if a tactics card had the affiliation listed for a specific card. So, for instance, Wakanda Forever, as an example, it's a Wakanda-specific affiliated card. Did that mean that someone like Valkyrie could get the benefit of Wakanda Forever? And the answer was no, but they've updated the wording under again, the squad affiliations rulebook heading to mm-hmm. make that more clear in that other characters in an affiliated squad do not become members of that affiliation. It's clearly laid out now. So that's a, a nice little change and hopefully uh, we'll get less questions of the same ilk. But, you know, it is what it is. People ask questions and, you know, I know myself and you will still be here to answer them. Absolutely. Uh, Then following that, we have a game mechanic change, and that is the uh, third step of each phase has been rewritten to include all non-player effects. So that'll include everything from crisis cards, maybe some tactic cards, special conditions. Uh, All of those things have been, uh, well, I guess tactic cards are player effects, so not those Uh, But everything that is not a player effect will all resolve. The priority player will still select the order in which all those things are going to happen. Uh, But that's just a a small uh, change to make everything flow a little bit easier. Right. There is a big change to this section, though, Nate, right? Yeah, there I mean, there are plenty of game mechanic changes. I guess that's just uh, the first of many. Uh, You want to talk about the, the bigger one? So, yeah, the big change here is one that never really um, came up for me in terms of how it should be played, but there's a clarification about it now that makes a lot more sense. And Mm -hmm. basically, it's when does a character gain an activated token? That's basically what the question is. And until 
forever, I guess until now, the character gained an activated token after it had performed its second action. But now there's a stipulation that says that it will gain an activation token at the end of the activation. And this is a, a big one, I think. So let's let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. Basically, those two things sound very much the same, right? But gaining an activated token did not end a character's activation previously, correct? Mm-hmm. So now it is, you can still finish your second action, but you don't actually place that activated token down until you've done everything you're going to do to end your activation. That means playing team tactics cards, triggering certain effects, stuff like that. And where this really comes into play is with the tactics cards like Difficult to Please or Cosmic Invigoration. And those are important here because, Nate, what does Cosmic Invigoration do? Well, really, both of those tactic cards, primary, primarily their main use is the removing of an activation token. So the situation where this comes up is if, let's say, with Difficult to Please, Magneto is my very last activation, but I have met all the other requirements on the card to be able to play it, uh, there used to be a window where I could go with Magneto, perform the second action, give him the activated token, and then because it's still my turn, I could play the tactic card to remove that activation token, and that is no longer the case. Right. And basically, it just prevents kind of a negative play experience situation, I think, more than anything. And with Cosmic Invigoration, as an example, it would allow you to activate someone multiple times and then use Cosmic Invigoration to then get another activation out of them during their activation functionally. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's the same thing with Difficult to Please, but I think what this was was just kind of preventing a really negative play experience especially with something like all you got and stuff like that and it allows for counterplay to those things because if you've ever had a difficult to please go off you know that having a dual magneto activation is pretty brutal and can really really be uh, (laughs) pretty disgusting so i think this is one of those just kind of changes that makes a lot of sense from a balance perspective of the game and evens out some of the playing field, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's a it's a big change, but it's also kind of a subtle change, I think. Yeah, and it's really just a clarification thing because I think this is how it was always maybe intended uh, to work out because questions on these cards and when they could be played and the timing. I think the rulings were always this same thing, but this is some great clarification wording on how they're going to play out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what's next? So the next changes uh, are to the beam and area attacks. And it's one that uh, I like, I, I never read it this way, uh, but they've added the word other uh, at the beginning of this sentence when it's talking about uh, damaging allied characters because technically, uh, the range ruler for the area and beam attacks would always be in contact with the character making that attack. 
so they were, I guess, rules as written, supposed to be damaging themselves as well. Uh, but this is uh, one that the, the dev team just kind of caught on their own and were like, yeah, that's that's not what that's uh, supposed to be doing. And so it has been added. Uh, the word other has been added. So real talk for a second. I could totally have seen a situation where somebody was getting beat up by an enchantress and was like, reading the rule and said that and then it's like well enchantress would hate this yes let's do it (laughs) yeah like enough is enough i've i've reached that point i'm done exactly exactly so the next things that we have here is about throws and this is also more of a bit of a clarification but throwing in this game is definitely odd but i really like it and it's one of those things that once you get used to it it makes perfect sense, right? So if you're throwing a character, you measure from the character being thrown and you ignore the character doing the throw. If you are throwing a piece of terrain, you measure from the character doing the throw. So like if Venom is throwing a dumpster, you measure from Venom. If Venom is throwing Magneto, you measure from Magneto. But the interesting thing here is that there were two different rules for determining if a terrain feature was destroyed. So characters would need to be larger than the terrain feature in order for it to be destroyed. So another example of Venom being thrown into a size 2 dumpster would destroy that dumpster. However, a Valkyrie who is size 2 being thrown into a size 2 dumpster would not destroy the dumpster. But objects, on the other hand, so a size 2 dumpster could be thrown into another size 2 dumpster and therefore would destroy it. However, the change is that the thrown objects and the characters need to be larger in order to destroy it. So basically no more uh, free power for all the Magneto Brotherhood players out there of throwing size 2 into size 2 and getting 4 power out of it. (laughs) I hate it. I hate it. (laughs) You hate it so much? Oh, man, like taking away Valkyrie was bad enough. And I'll, we'll talk about this at the end. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's an interesting change, and it's one that I understand, and I think that this might work as like a soft nerf to Magneto's Brotherhood. But you know what? I don't even think it was a, a necessarily an intentional nerf or anything. I think it's just one of those things where, like the tactic cards, they're like, hey, we had. 10 character cards why not just do 10 tactic cards to make it simpler this is a hey like why don't we just keep this all the same yeah 100 percent, nate 100 <laughs> percent. so what's next uh next up we have the knockouts uh so similar to activations uh there's some clarification here uh to clarify that when a character is ko'd all of the effects are going to expire before the character is removed from the battlefield. Uh, So things like uh, Blind Obsession that deal with a a character card being removed, uh, just anything that kind of stayed on a particular character. uh, Now it's been clarified that those effects are going to be completely gone, stay gone, in case that character somehow comes back, like with Dark Restoration, Age of Ultron, etc. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, next change is 
to the appendix section, specifically the appendix A of the rule book. And basically, it's a whole bunch of new rules that were added uh, to just clarify how simultaneous effects happen and when they happen. And the interesting thing was there wasn't really a specific moment that these things happened. And now it's a clearly laid out and a, a way to resolve these effects. So if the effects resolve during an attack and the timing chart does not cover it, the attacker will resolve first, then the defender. Very simple, makes perfect sense. It's kind of in line with what's happened throughout the rest of the timing chart, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Number two, if the effects would resolve during a player's turn, but not during an attack, the active player resolves first, and other effects will resolve in player turn order. So that's an interesting one. And then next is, all other effects will still resolve in the order of priority player first, as it is now. So that's only when there's a question of timing, and it's basically to prevent just kind of additional confusion. And I think this is more of a, like with the throwing and kind of things, keeping things consistent and and clarifying things. And, you know, maybe there's things that are going to happen down the line where, where this is just kind of covering the bases, if you will. Yep, just additional clarification and... Hopefully, as we get to more multiplayer formats uh, like Separation Anxiety or Missions Crisis, whatever you want to, I, I want more of it. They're fun. Uh, but this will help uh, resolve things for uh, if multiple people have like a, uh, a trap to trigger. Like I have Rocket's booby traps. Another player has Cassandra Nova and her ability. Uh, just being able to resolve all those correctly is now going to be able to be more defined. Exactly. Exactly. So I really like that. And that pretty much covers all the core rule changes, Nate. So is there anything kind of amongst all of these core rule changes that you want to take a little bit more time to discuss or you want to go ahead and move on? No, I think uh, I think they're all pretty straightforward. Uh, there's some great clarifications that are just going to make it so if a new player comes into the game, they're reading through the rule book for the first time things are more clear than they, they once were. Uh, granted, for some of us veterans, some things are going to be uh, annoying to remember, like <laughs> Magneto throwing a size 2 into a size 2 no longer equals 4 power for the team, but alas. Alas. I mean, somehow you'll just have to survive. Pretty much. So next up, we have some more character reveals. And... Before we dive too deep into this, I want to go ahead and say to the suits out there, I know I haven't done a full episode on Guardians of the Galaxy yet, but I promise you, so you're hearing this on a Tuesday, Thursday, that's your Guardians of the Galaxy episode, so strap in and get ready for all of the house party protocol. So, we got some changes to Okoye and Black Panther and Winter Soldier. And also, we had a couple of changes to some characters that were previously spoiled that they did a couple of little other updates on. Because they did say when they revealed all these characters that it was still, you know, work in progress. But now it's final and it's done. So this is what we get. And Nate, who would you like to start with? 
Uh, let's start with the characters that we've already seen, but got a couple of uh, small tweaks to, because I feel like they're uh, they're easy to talk about and definitely worth talking about. Cool. So that would be Hulk and mm-hmm. Ultron. So first up, let's talk about Hulk, because I think he's like the spiciest of spice in all of these changes. Absolutely. Uh, everybody else after Hulk's change was revealed uh, was kind of like, hey, like they got some updates, but were they Hulk sized updates? And very <laughs> few people got Hulk sized updates. Very few. I'd say Ghost Rider got close. but Ghost uh, Rider and Maw, I think, are the, the closest two for sure. But definitely still not Hulk sized. So what changed on Hulk here after the reveal? So after the reveal, there, there were already lots of changes, defenses going up, uh, new superpower but it's actually very specifically the new superpower hulk not puny banner uh that got a change the power cost went from three to four for his uh defensive reroll tech right so that superpower just to remind everyone it's a reactive superpower and it will now cost you four when this character is defending against a physical or energy attack during the modified dice step of the attack it may use this superpower this character may re-roll any number of its defense dice, including skull results. So what I think was happening is that people were, were testing this out kind of in the wild, right? And mm-hmm. being able to re-roll any and include the skull results made Hulk nigh impossible to kill. So. Yeah, uh, and with his immunity to stun now, uh, he didn't really have any problems getting all the power he needed to easily, like especially in Steve's adventure, just pop that off every single time he was getting attacked pretty much. Uh, so this will make it a little bit more of a decision point. Uh, New Hulk is still absolutely ridiculous and powerful. Exactly, and I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> absolutely. So the next change was to Ultron, as I mentioned a few seconds ago, and this one is more just of a timing change, and it's pretty simple that on his uh, Analyze and Annihilate superpower, while attacking, this character may re-roll one of its attack dice for each critical in the opposing defense roll, and basically that was just allowing you to fix the timing on when that happened. So it wasn't after criticals. It's basically just you get to do it during the modified dice step now is basically what that's saying. Yeah. Pretty simple. Even though it doesn't specify the modified dice step like Hulk does, this one it's just kind of, it makes more sense now. I guess it'd be the yeah, way to put and, that, it. and that's they don't specify because it's a innate ability. So that's always when the rerolls would happen where previously the wording would have let the rerolls happen at a different step, whereas Hulks specifies that step because that's when he would pay for that power. Exactly. So perfect. Love it. And now we have to talk about the actual new characters, the new old characters, if you will. And let's start at the top with everybody's favorite king of Wakanda, Black Panther. So there's a couple of changes here, and one to the leadership, and one to kind of one of the most annoying things about Black Panther, and that was his ability to just push anybody anywhere, anytime. So let's talk about the leadership first. King of Wakanda, while 
an allied character is attacking, defending, or dodging, here's the change, during the modify dice step, it may spend one power. If it does, it may re-roll one of its dice. So this is important because we did a whole episode on this change when it was revealed that you had to do this before exploding crits and all that stuff. Like you had to commit to the pay before anything else happened. And it just kind of didn't flow with the rest of the game. And everybody had been playing it more or less like it's worded here now, but it was a rules-as-written discovery, if you will. Mm -hmm. And now we have it in the way that it kind of makes sense for it to happen. Yeah, no, just a just a nice bookkeeping change. Uh, it, 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 like if you've been playing it how you feel like you should have been playing it all along, you were probably correct, and you can continue doing that. Uh, the other change is uh, alluded to, and similar to Shuri's change is Wakanda, uh, the Wakanda push of uh, after the attack is resolved, push the target character. Uh, there's actually. Uh, just now reduced down to size three only. So it's still a guaranteed push away short, uh, which is nice. It's not a May or anything like that, which can be annoying, but that's fine. Uh, but it is now just size three or less. So the big boys of the world like Hulk and Black Dwarf are not quite so easily controlled. Exactly. And I think that this is an interesting kind of roundabout buff to those bigger sized characters because one of the most annoying things was to go up against a Shuri or a Black Panther and then just be pushed off into oblivion. Mm -hmm. So I'm happy with this change. I think it's a good one. And then next on this change list is the tank that will never die. If you've ever played against Okoye, you know what I mean. She's pretty much immortal. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Did she? Does she stay immortal, Nate? Uh, she definitely, I think she stays immortal, but she no longer also uh, hits like a three or maybe even four threat character. Exactly. So, a couple of changes here. First up, starting from the top of the card down to the bottom, Vibranium Spear Blast, still range four, still four dice. The notable change, it is no longer a builder. You do not get a guaranteed power for that. The only way for Okoye to gain power on her card now is her strike, that's range two and four dice, power equal to damage dealt. So this is an interesting change for me. And the Vibranium Spear Blast also has a Wild Pierce and a Wild Flurry, so I don't think anything changed there, correct? Nothing changed, which is, if anything, a little bit odd, just because all the other flurries now require uh, two specific results, and hers doesn't. Yeah, she's still pretty offensive in that regard, but it's takes her down just a notch you know so i think that's well, interesting. that but also her uh general of yep. the door melage ability uh can now only re-roll one die in its defense rolls exactly. it is no longer attack and defense right so it makes getting that flurry that much harder which i think is mm -hmm. nice and nate what do you think of this overall overall i really like it it makes her more specialized which is what all of the other two threat characters really have kind of been uh, Nebula is the assassin rocket. It's like, Hey, long range on shoot at you. Uh, he's now also ridiculously durable, which I'm not a, but he's not like a bodyguard at, at the same time. So Okoye is now 
not necessarily now, is still a fantastic bodyguard with a lot of great defensive abilities, but she's no longer also just being able to poke consistent damage, gaining power at range. Yeah. I definitely have some thoughts on this in that I think taking her power generation away from Vibranium Spear Blast was a bit of a misstep because if the idea is to make her just uber specialized, right, just defensive specialized, and the problem, quote unquote, with her was that she was too good at both offense and defense, right? Mm -hmm. I think if you don't even give her an opportunity to gain that additional power at times, it's going to be real hard to just consistently even be that bodyguard that you want her to be. So I think this is this is kind of a, a big change. And like having the defensive reroll is nice, but now that you don't have a way to consistently gain power, because let's be real, a four dice strike at range two is really... It's not where Okoye wants to be and then trying to push through good damage to be able to use the bodyguard is it's going to be tough on that four dice strike. So, yeah, I, I do wish that they had given uh, with the removal of the guaranteed power from the vibranium spear blast. I wish her strike was just the guaranteed power one uh, and not the equal to damage. Yeah, exactly. So. I think that this is one of those changes. We'll have to see kind of how it plays out. But being that she only has four health on her healthy and injured side, she's not going to be gaining a ton of power to be able to just come back and constantly be bodyguarding and stuff. And I like the change to General Adora Milaj. I like that she still has martial artist, but I feel like that they could have leaned a little more into the the defensive nature of things and just being like, okay, that's what her job is, and they, they've done that in a sense. But it's like, I, I kind of just want that to be at least consistently what her job is. Like, Toad has an innate superpower that allows him to get an objective at range two. He's an objective runner, slippery guy, and it makes sense, like, how he performs on the tabletop, and he doesn't really have any problems doing that. Same thing with Rocket, same thing with Nebula, same thing with Wong. Wong is like ultimate support, heal, pass, power. And now Bullseye, you know, he's ultimate chip damage character, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that Okoye, they still didn't really like go full full blast into defensive specialist. And I think it's simply because they took that power generation away from Vibranium Spear Blast. Like maybe this is, it's too late now, but maybe the change... I would have liked to have seen was like instead of making it range four, it's a range three vibranium spear blast. Something like that could have could have gone maybe towards towards changing this up. But here we are. We've got the toy that we have now, and I don't hate it. But I also think that this really changes up the two threat dynamic. Sounds like you hate it, Will. I don't hate it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds like it. I don't hate it. I just like. She's never going to have the power to do this stuff now. You know what I mean? Like you, you, and I guess that's kind of the point. Yeah, I mean, you you think about it. If uh, so, she doesn't pick up an objective turn one. She has one bodyguard use, uh, and so she'll probably take a point of damage, if not two. Uh, have another bodyguard use up and available pretty quickly. 
Uh, again, I'll agree. I wish the the strike was a guaranteed one, just because uh, so many times four dice into three or four physical will not get anything done, especially now that she doesn't have the reroll. So some guaranteed power uh, would have been good to keep her just a little bit more consistent, even if at the shorter range. Yeah. Uh, but overall, I think she she's definitely the tankiest two threat character. Oh, definitely. And she's still the only two threat character with a bodyguard. So if you're looking to get a bodyguard in your list, you're looking at her or you're taking it a step up to somebody like Luke Cage, I guess, at three threat. Yeah, and even his bodyguard's not really bodyguard. It's he has yeah, to be within the, range. Uh, he has to be up in the the middle of it. Exactly. Uh, so I I feel like she's still in a, a pretty comfortable spot. Uh, she's definitely gotten her uh, knocked down the ladder of the two threat characters a little bit, but she's still not necessarily like just this bottom will never take two threat because one of her home affiliations feeds her power anyway. Exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of with it. And it's one of those things where I think this is ultimately a good thing because this is probably one of the characters that that people were were wondering about the most, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that this is ultimately a good thing because now it's like, well, you don't have to feel like you have to take a Koye. Yeah. So I like that a lot. And then the last big change that we have here in this reveal is to Captain America's best friend. Bucky Barnes, or as he's more affectionately known as, the Winter Soldier. And this is a pretty big one to unpack here, Nate. So, first up, we're going to talk about assault rifles. So, it's still range 5. It's still only 4 dice. However, it has a new trigger. On a hit, it has rapid fire. After this attack is resolved, this character may make one additional assault rifle attack. The additional attack must target the original character. The additional attack does not have the rapid fire special rule. And just as a quick little clarification note, if you're brand new here, or if you get a little confused sometimes on what original target means, that means the character you rolled dice against. Just keep that in mind. So, Nate... This is an interesting change, I think. So still power equal to damage dealt, still with the wild bleed, but being able to rapid fire range five, that's really interesting. Uh, It's really nice. We've already seen the rapid fire four dice range four on Moon Knight, and it's pretty much exclusively the attack I use uh, with Moon Knight, to, to be honest, because it turns out it's really good. Oh, yeah. Uh uh, Granite Moondite does have that guaranteed one power generation uh, on four dice, which I prefer. But I'll, I'll take the the damage equal to uh, or power gained equal to damage dealt. Yeah, and the reason why I think this is so interesting is not because of your Bucky turn moving up and shooting range five is fine and being able to roll four dice twice. It's not rolling eight dice, mind you. It's rolling four dice twice. Just keep that in mm-hmm. mind. Uh, being able to do that two times is really valuable, I think. However, what makes this the most interesting for me is in his reactive superpower, got your back. So it'll now cost you three power. It was a little cheaper, but I think that uh, with this change to assault rifle, they were like, whoa, <laughs> this could be really good. 
So let's make it three power. If an allied character is dazed or KO'd by an enemy effect, after the effect is resolved, this character may use this superpower. This character may make an assault rifle attack against the enemy character that caused the effect. So basically, on your opponent's turn, if they daze or KO someone, Bucky can shoot them from range 5. Twice, potentially. Yeah, usually twice. The The odds are with you to, to be able to do it twice. Exactly, and I don't know the exact math on it, but I know there's two hit symbols per die, plus you got to factor in crits. So I want to say it's it's approaching a 50% chance. Yeah, it's just slightly above. There you go. So I really like this, and I think that we can have this discussion, Nate, about where do we think Bucky is going to fit in on the tabletop now, because he was one of those characters that when he first came out, him and Vision, it was like, oh man, rogue agent, I can stay affiliated, and I can put this guy in here, he's got a range 5 attack, but he kind of never really got going, if you will. And we got so many Mm -hmm. good models over time that the rogue agent thing didn't really make as much sense. Do you think that this brings Bucky back? I think it brings him back in very specific situations or specific lists. Uh, And that kind of goes hand in hand with his got your back superpower. So any of these lists that are wanting to go really wide and still stay affiliated... Uh, looking at Sam's Avengers, I'm looking at the Guardians of the Galaxy, maybe even Sin's Cabal, uh, where the more times you get to basically get free attacks with Got Your Back, uh, the more value Winter Soldier is going to be gaining. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's where, where the game's actually going to in an interesting way is like just each character is is not meant to be played everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that this is what's happening with Bucky here is that he's now just playable in specific situations and it makes sense and you don't feel like you're losing something by having him on the tabletop with you and and you're you're gaining some value there and it's like are you going to KO or day someone with a four dice attack maybe I mean you know roll the dice who knows what happens we've all seen those times where Okoye spikes somebody off the board with her vibranium spear blast <laughs> Okoye has killed Thanos. It, it happens. It's exactly. Just, yeah. So, so while I definitely have poo-pooed four dice attacks, to your point about Moon Knight, right? That throwing crescents for Moon Knight is incredible. It's only four dice. You gain a power, and on a hit, it's a rapid fire, and you feel like that one of those two attacks is at least going to get a few damage across. And the thing that's nice about Bucky here is he gets to do it on the opponent's turn. Mm-hmm. And... If you do it in Sam, you're able to move up a little bit and then blast somebody if they are a little bit further than that range five and just kind of reposition a little bit. So I really, really like this. And I think it's very interesting in just in the overall because it opens up a lot of ways to interact on the opponent's turn. And I really like that kind of stuff in the sense of it's a decision point for your opponent, right? So, like, if I see a Nebula sitting there and she's just ready to be murdered by somebody, am I going to murder her in the thought of I might take a couple of shots from Bucky? Like, I don't know. You know? But it's it's a good decision point to have, I think. 
Yeah, and most of the time you probably just uh, you, you push through and you're like, yeah, I know I need to daze X character. Uh, but Winter Soldier can like interrupt your turn if like if that's your first action, like maybe Bucky spikes and finishes that character off before they even get that second action. Uh, and even there's just times where it's after the second action and Bucky gives them the bleed and they're only on one health left, effectively giving them the KO because there's no longer that window to shake off that bleed. Exactly. That was going to be my next thing is I think it, there's really fun implications here. And you mentioned Sam, you mentioned Guardians, and I think those are the two kind of really good choices, like especially Guardians now with the winging it tokens and that change. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds spicy. So yep. I really like that. But I think Sam's really good. Sin Cabal also really nice. But a secret like dark horse place, I think, for him is going to be X-Force. And it's because now he's going to be able to get that re-roll on the opponent's turn. And mm. I really like that. Yeah, similar, uh, you could say the same thing for Spider-Foes. Exactly. Spider-Foes is another one where I think it's nice, and that's the thing. Like, I don't think he's going to be like some earth-shattering change to the game, but I do think we are literally about to see a Bucky resurgence here, and I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. So... Nate, that pretty much covers all the changes in this massive, massive drop. Is there anything else I well, missed? to the characters, yeah. Oh, wait, that's right. I did miss stuff, because we also have tactics card changes. Uh, and so we, we already knew about one, thankfully, in the form of Ricochet Blast, and that its power that Iron Man and Captain America each had to spin went down from two each to one each, uh, which is a... Which is a great change. It's a great change, and it makes Ricochet Blast so much cooler. Yep, especially because when you're already running those two, usually Iron Man can pop off Friday AI for one power, and then this is just a casual nine-dice attack with full re-rolls that uh, ignores, uh, well, it doesn't ignore line of sight, but is measured from Captain... You can do some funky things with this card now. The range on this is absurd now. (laughs) Yeah. It's absurd. I love it. I'm here for it. So what's the next one? Uh, Next up is Doom Prophecy, uh, which has two words changed, and that's kind of it. But those changes are monumental. Uh, First off, instead of unaffiliated, Doom Prophecy is now an Asgard-specific card. Interesting. Okay. Secondly, it can now only be played on an allied Asgard character. Wow, that's like a double hit with the hammer there, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's it's a double whammy. And the third whammy, skipping ahead a little bit, is it's still on the restricted list. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, now, granted, you still have some fantastic targets in Asgard. Thor and Angela suddenly start rolling 10 dice builders, which is gross. Doesn't really need to be explained. It, it, that That's just good. Uh, Loki can start rolling eight dice builders and counting blanks on successes. So he becomes like a mini Corvus Glaive for a turn. That's absolutely gross. Uh, so there's still some great uses, uh, but taking a restricted card and being limited to affiliated characters is also really rough. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Because, I mean, the, the card already had the massive downside. Right. It, it still has that massive downside. So it's... 
spoiler alert for what's coming like nate said uh it is still restricted which making it restricted and putting these new stipulations on it i i I don't know i don't i don't know it it might might uh go the way of the dinosaurs yeah and become well at least we don't have to worry about carnage running around with it anymore thank god (laughs) (laughs) uh you want to talk about the next card yeah you go for it you get this part i did all the characters all right, I'll keep going then. Uh, pentagram of Farlalaha. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, it is no longer just costs uh, two power. It now costs three power. Uh, An interesting change. It's a it's a very small change. Some might even argue it's a very reasonable change. Uh, but because it has to be played during the power phase. Uh, this means there are no longer turn one portals for the defenders with Strange and the Soul Gym. Yeah, that's the big change here. It's it's more so than the fact of the three power cost. I think it's it's really that change is the power phase change. Yeah, I think they could have left it at two power and just said this card cannot be played during the first round of the game or something. Well, I mean, like, yeah. Which is essentially what they've done here uh, because it it didn't change to Stephen Strange so that maybe you could bring in the affiliated uh, Sorcerer Supreme version or anything like that who gets that three power. Uh, this just shuts down the turn one play of portals. Right. And it was always, by the way, during the power phase, I for whatever reason, I never really played too much Portal, so that's my bad on that mistake. But the the three power part of it, I think, is just really... it. I get it. Like, I didn't ever think that it was super broken, but I know that the Pentathletes list, if you're wondering where this kind of change comes up, it's from a list like that, where you could basically drop a MODOK in the middle of the board all of a sudden and just start wrecking. Yeah, it, it allowed for uh, some just crazy turn one, uh, both offensive attackers. So being able to drop uh, Modok just spends one power because he's next to the portal, and then he's attacking into your deployment zone. Uh, or maybe they do the same thing with Scarlet Witch. Just getting them to have double taps turn one is a is a real feel bad. Uh, but it's also the ability to make some insane objective plays. Uh, being able to teleport out to an objective and then run away with it. Uh, it, So it prevents all of these things. Still a really good tactic card uh, and kind of opens up some of its really cool utility in a late-game portal. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Yep, I'm with you. I'm here for it. I think it's it's a good change. But here's my thing. Defenders just need more tactics cards. They do. Uh, I agree. And I think... I think we we have been hinted at that we have a second affiliated uh, or second affiliation leader oh. because like it obviously you can't play Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme and Doctor Strange on the table at the same time so there really isn't a ton of point in making Strange Sorcerer Sorcerer Supreme affiliated unless they are also going to be adding a second leader soon so makes sense Fingers crossed, knock on wood, give the defenders a, a little bit of extra love. Do it. You hear that? <laughs> Not like they haven't given us enough already. What's next, yeah. Nate? Uh, next up, we have Rainbow Bridge. 
uh, which, again, just a small change here. You still spend three power. Your characters still get placed within range three of, for all the Asgard. But uh, the characters that can play this card have to not be holding objectives. Thank uh, God. This is, yeah, this is just more of the same uh, preventing the stuff that uh, portals and just some of those negative play experiences where you're, you're not really you're just playing a game to keep away and running away you're not interacting with your opponent you're just uh trying to, to scoot away so this is even more nerfs to the dash guard list uh that had been seeing some previous play uh and this is just continuing to hammer home the point of no it it no longer works yeah uh, I'm here for this change as well, because if you've ever been on the receiving end of an Angela coming up and grabbing your objective and then using Rainbow Bridge to run away and then moving along twice away, it's it sucks. <laughs> so, Absolutely. So, yeah, no, this is this is a really good change, and, and I, I really like it. And the thing is, though, so we look at this card and we're talking about how, oh, man, this is, this is a good change. Like, finally, this bad thing's over. This is still a really good card, and it's still a really good movement and place effect for these Asgard characters. So mm-hmm. now it's just a, a, a better way, I think, of of interacting with your opponent to use it versus the other way around where you're disengaging so hard. You know what I mean? Like it still can be used for disengagement, but if you have an objective, well, you're not going to get to keep that objective. Yeah, makes sense. I like it. Uh, then additionally, uh, we have changes to advanced R&D and gamma launch. Uh, and really the only changes on these are that they have to be played during that character's activation. Uh, so Hulk now has to gamma launch on his turn. Advanced R&D has to be played on that character's turn. Uh, makes Advanced R&D a card that was very uh, easy to just plug into any affiliation because it has this very nice generic use instead of putting it on the restricted list, which would probably be a step too far because it's overall not that powerful compared to some of the other cards on that list. Uh, does keep it in check and make its use a little bit more uh, limited. And likewise with Gamma Launch, this is going to prevent the... Uh, Hulk being able to just launch somebody who was previously in a very safe space into the middle of a bunch of enemies and then activate that character instead. Uh, Still really nice. You still can't be holding an objective uh, asset or civilian token when you do this, but has uh, has some nice extra restrictions to some of these crazy plays that could be pulled off. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm here for the gamma launch change because I I really like that. I, I really like that change. It has to be Hulk's activation. That just makes sense. Because another thing I've noticed about this game lately is it's all risk-reward. Is it worth putting your character out there to get a good benefit while also having them in a suboptimal position? Mm-hmm. So like, I like that they're kind of going that direction with a lot of this stuff. So Gamma Launch, I'm here for it. Advanced R&D, damn it. like i love that card i love that card and i've i've gone on record saying like it's one of those cards where if i don't take it i'm always wishing i took it you know Mm -hmm. and i understand this change I, i get this change but now i feel like that we had just mentioned angela and her grab and go well the thing that made Amazing Spider-Man kind of nice was 
he could potentially get two like cube fragments right away with an advanced R&D, which was really nice. But now it's like now Angela is the only character in the game that can really do that kind of easily, if you will. And I think that 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 could be a problem. But also, I just, I like the flexibility that having an advanced R&D situation happened. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, I'm activating these characters over here, and now I, I, you've, you've attacked my Moon Knight, for example, and he's flush mm-hmm. with power, but he's got one health left, and I'm probably not going to get a chance to activate him again. So he's already activated. Boom. I blast out all that power off of him into other people, and and Bob's your uncle, right? Everybody's having a good time. But now it's like, well, I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's the it's the situations where you're like, okay, cool. Like, I need Thor to uh, hit this guy with a strike and get two power on his builder, and then it's like, oh no, I only got one power. Oh, okay, well, I'll just have Loki advance R and D him a power from the other side of the board. That that option's no longer there. The flexibility is no longer there. Still a really good card. Still opens up some uh, some cool stuff early, uh, but it's not quite as insane as it uh, once was. Exactly, and I do think though that this brings up an interesting thing in terms of like kind of how all of this stuff fits together, if you will. And that is, I think it makes Wong a little more interesting now because like if you can't use advanced R and D except on the character you're activating's turn, anyways. Well, why not have a walking advanced R&D in Wong that can mm-hmm. sit there and score you an objective and pass some power to somebody? Yep. So. You have the range limitations and stuff, obviously, but I think uh, that's an interesting point. Definitely does kind of open up what Wong is uh, capable of doing a little bit more. Yeah. And also is kind of a weird buff to uh, the Brotherhood and its ability because – uh, being able to throw terrain into each other for a, a what was effectively advanced R&D has gotten, uh, while it's gotten a little bit harder to do, the payoff is now better than what other teams can easily have access to. Exactly. And so all of this to say, I do not like this change. This is probably the one change <laughs> of all of this stuff that I'm here like. I think this was unnecessary. I understand. Would it. you rather have it been restricted? No, but that's the, the thing. Version. Like, I, I, this is one of those where it's like, what were the options, right? So, was it restricted, leave it the same, or make this change? And I think leave it the same is kind of how I would have gone with it, simply because it didn't need to be restricted just because it was popular. I understand that that's something that we've talked about in the past, but like, it didn't break anything. So restricting it didn't make sense to me. And then changing it in this way makes it to where it's it just feels too restrictive when you're when you're going about using it. It's still a good card, don't get me wrong. Like this is still a good card, and I'm still probably gonna have it in my ten now, but it's way, way, way harder to use. And in terms of like the decision points, like I'm here for increasing decision points into a game, right? Like I love it when when this game gives you and your opponent something to think about. So I think that's really good. But the problem is it 
also means that, like I said in my Moon Knight example, this character sitting there, already activated, has a boatload of power, probably not going to ever get to use it, and now, like, I literally, it's just, I literally can't do anything about that. And mm-hmm. I just, it just feels bad in that regard. And that's, like, one very specific instance, but it just frustrates me a little bit because it's one of those cards that's, like, that one power you need to do something cool, it's harder no to get just now. at your fingertips. Right, and it's, like, unless you're playing Brotherhood or even A-Force, that that one power you needed to do the one cool thing that you might get to do in a match, you can't do it now. You know what you need to do, Will? Cry about it. <laughs> go play in humans. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Walking, walking, advanced R and D for real. And hey, yep. don't threaten me with a good time because I've actually been toying with that. Do it, man. Spoiler alert for season seven of the TTS League. Maybe. <laughs> so, we have one final change, Nate, to the tactics cards. Because there's still more yeah, to come. There, there's, there's one more to talk about, uh, and that is Thunder Wave, which is Thor's and any Captain America, interestingly, uh, can team up. And similar to Ricochet Blast, the only change on it is it now only costs one power for each of the participants instead of the two. Which, again, I think is really reasonable on these team-up cards because it already costing an action as well to use it. Uh, it was very expensive. So this one is now uh, the beam five, six dice that Thor gets to make on his activation as long as he's within one of Captain America. I'm here for this. I think this is cool. You know, it's it's pretty cool. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I think Ricochet has uh, more utility because it has that much longer range band both on who it can hit as well as... uh, how far away Iron Man has to be from Captain America. The their Cap, uh, Thor and Cap still have to be pretty clumped up. You want to make sure Captain America is not going to be in the way of where Thor is trying to direct uh, the Thunder Wave. Otherwise, he's taking that incidental damage from the beam. But yeah. this is a good change to the card. Exactly. So that's all our Texas cards changes. Next up, we have affiliation changes. Updates. I guess it's updates. It's really just updates, and they're small. small. Uh, It's just for the released, or kind of released, Hulkbuster and Miss Marvel. Uh, Hulkbuster, obviously, at uh, at home in Avengers, where he has a leadership for it. And Miss Marvel is, unsurprisingly, in Inhumans and Avengers. Yep. Not a web warrior, notably. I know a lot of people were thinking that. Yeah, I was about to say, that that was the the one kind of notable thing, is she is not a web warrior, despite a really nice team-up tactic card of her own with Miles. And I think that's a good thing, actually, because it makes you have to, again, make that decision point. But don't Mm -hmm. take away my advanced R&D. Too late. I know. know. So, the final kind of change, and then we're going to have some questions from our Discord channel here. But the final change is to the banned and restricted list. So, yeah, this is interesting. The restricted list has an update, and that is shocking. Absolutely no one that's played this card, Bitter Rivals, is now restricted. What? I know. I will say this. Still very much worth taking. Even restricted. A- absolutely. It, it, it's still a very, very powerful card. Now, I will say this. Me, as a Web Warriors player, I'm probably still taking Brace and Medpack over mm-hmm. over these. And it's 
one of those interesting things, like everybody asks me, why do you take brace for impact with your web warriors? They get re-rolls on dodges. I'm like, have you ever tried to re-roll when you're getting Magneto throwing crap at you left and right? Like, yeah, and even then, there's only two characters that you can have on the board that do that, actually. I guess if you bring in Quicksilver. Uh, but as far as the affiliated, you'll you'll have one of the Peter Parkers who can do it, and you have Miles. But exactly. the leadership doesn't provide that reroll. Exactly. So I'm I'm all about that. But I think that most instances, you're going to see still see a lot of bitter rivals. But at least it makes it interesting. And the reason why I think you're still going to see a lot of bitter rivals is because an update to the band list. You know what? I, I I am actually of the opposite thought. I think that this other card being banned reduces the chances. Interesting. So, Nate, what got banned? All you've got got banned. Yes. Like, sound the, the party poppers and everything else. Explosions, fireworks. It's gone. The nightmare is over. <laughs> I mean, to be fair... It was pretty nightmarish, and I have, like, sweat dreams about this stuff happening to me, <laughs> okay? I mean, especially recently with the uh, advent of Carnage being mm-hmm. so disgusting. Uh, yeah. This is, yeah, this no. is good. It, it's a good band, and really, it's the it was Bitter Rivals and All You've Got Together that was uh, the, the real terrifying experiences because you get a Carnage or you get an Enchantress where you're able to be like, oh, hey, here's like three out of five members of your team that are all going to be under the effect of bitter rivals, so they're getting those reduced dice, uh, and I'm just going to absolutely wail on them with four attacks. Exactly. And so this, uh, th- I-, I think bitter rivals sees a drop off in play, not only because it's restricted, but also because it doesn't have that double whammy synergy, and now it's just not as impactful as even disarm on those spread out objectives. So maybe if you're somebody who's wanting to play uh, researcher, gamma waves, demons downtown, your brand, all those kind of cards anyway. Yeah, go ahead and bring better rivals. But uh, if you uh, go up against a web warrior who has those uh, D secures, it's not going to be as impactful. Yeah, I- I'm with you on that. But I, I will say it. I think it's, one of those things where, especially when you look at it in conjunction with all of the new crisis setup and all of that stuff, is you're basically, if you put this bitter rivals in your list now, you're kind of hoping that you get what you want versus having to adjust to what the opponent wants. Because again, you only have two restricted cards, and giving up a, for me, brace for impact or med pack is very rarely worth it. So then it's just for me, that's just my play style, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, I think all you've got being banned is just, it's been a problem for a while. I mean, ever since they discovered the widow bomb, I think that was kind of the like, oh crap, we've made a mistake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. AMG woke up one day and chose violence when they made this card apparently. <laughs> so I think it getting banned is good for the health of the game now is this a card that they could maybe rework later on down the line to bring back in some kind of way maybe but i think that an unaffiliated card that just allows you to get a complete and total second activation out of a character was just nasty and i think that the way that they're doing these attack focused things now so like wakanda forever has been around for a while but like with siege of darkness you know 
spending the two power and then doing all the fun stuff is is mm-hmm. kind of the way I think that that makes it more interesting now. And giving characters complete second activations, if you haven't noticed from the change to like Cosmic Invigoration and the change to Difficult to Please, even though those cards weren't changed specifically, but the how you go about activating those things, I guess, has changed now. And I think that all of this is showing that they do not want to break the action economy of the game so far like they did with All You've Got. And I think it's a good thing. And interestingly enough, I think that this opens up a lot of exploration for tactics cards. And I think that one that you might see a little bit regularly now, Nate, is Follow Me. I think you're going to see some Follow Me. Uh, it costs you six powers. It's expensive. But if you really are trying to pile on that extra damage and attack and kind of big turn stuff that's one that could come up a little bit but there's one other card that got banned indeed uh and it's one that uh, i'm also pretty happy to see go i mean it's always sad when a card has to be banned uh but i think this one kind of needed it and that is panic grip city as evacuation efforts continue which is of course the crisis card that was already on the restricted list yeah you know it's a crisis card that I enjoy. It, mm-hmm. I I really enjoy it as a crisis. It's fun, and I played it in season six of TTS with my convocation squad. And it was one where I didn't play it because I had some kind of like spicy steal your stuff. You know what I mean? It's not why I played that. Like actually, looking back at it, I probably could have done a spicy steal your stuff play with like strange and then ancient one, but we're not getting into that because I can't do it now. But yeah. I just the, felt like the, it was a positive matchup for me because of all the power generation I could get. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, which was the original reason it went onto the restricted list is because there were some teams that just had a natural affinity uh, and pretty it, large advantage uh, on this objective. Teams like Asgard, uh, now teams like Dark Dimension, uh, etc., just had a much easier time uh, scoring these and made it too easy to have a game where uh, the Asgard, Dark Dimension, whatever player uh, didn't even really have to interact with the opponent uh, besides running away from them. Exactly. So as much as I hate to see something like this happen in terms of just taking away options for crisis stuff, this this is one that uh, it makes sense. Yep, it's uh, it is again unfortunate because uh, it, it is a really fun one. You have to do some thinking, and like sometimes it's really annoying when you're like we're so close to dazing or KOing the the character that's holding it, but you ended up just giving them enough power to evacuate the citizen. Uh, so it's still one that uh, I, I might break out casual game night and just ask my opponent, talk to your opponents. Uh, Ban restricted list is uh, like while good and what is needed for uh, events and uh, game days and stuff. It's also one of those things where like, if you're just having a casual game night and you're like, Hey man, like I want to like, can we just play this? I'm not doing any crazy broken stuff with it. Just, just talk to your opponents. Exactly. Exactly. So now let's go ahead and move over to some show questions. We got on this a little bit longer of an episode because well, it's a huge drop. So we have some questions, Nate. And if you are interested in getting your question asked on the show, you can check out our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash house party protocol. And you can join us over there 
and you get access to our Discord, and then you're able to send us questions and interact and all that fun stuff. We have a super chill time. It's a very, very nice conversation and, and nice group we got over there, and I really appreciate all of the patrons, and I, I can't thank y'all enough for supporting me and supporting House Party Protocol. It just it means the world to me. And like I said, if you're interested in checking that out, it's uh, patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. It's a dollar a month, 12 bucks a year, and you just get to come and, and chit-chat and, and talk about all kinds of stuff. Like recently this week, we were talking about the Wheel of Time show. So, if, you know, all kinds of different stuff, including our MCP talk. And obviously today, it's been out of control. So, first question we have here is from Bielzebro, and he asks about an affiliated card being restricted. Well, we talked about that, so uh, go back and listen to when we talk about doing Prophecy, and there you go. Well, I'll uh, I'll throw out the additional bit because we've talked about it uh, being restricted. My hot take is I, I don't like it. I don't think oh, yeah. that uh, an affiliated card should be restricted because it's already restricted in its own way, and I like again the the options for the targets in that affiliation are not that insane. Yeah, I Okay, I will go ahead and take this. Yeah, I think affiliated card with the double restriction on that card, Asgard and Asgard character. Mm-hmm. Is just a pretty big nerf hammer to be hit with, if you ask me. Like are are you going to take that tactic card? Never. Like especially in the world where there's now ten tactic cards, uh, where you're you're trying to fit in an extra affiliation. Like if you're playing mono Asgard, maybe, maybe, but the game is opening itself up to uh, dual affiliation lists more and more. And Asgard doesn't even have that many characters to really try to warrant a single affiliation list, in my opinion. So I it. It feels especially bad for them. Yeah, and I mean, if you want to continue that conversation for just a second, it's like, well, there's so many better options now. You know what I mean? Like, even if I am single affiliation Asgard, if like my intent is to play nothing but Asgard, I still don't think I would take it because what's the overall benefit? You know what I mean? Like, especially another reason why Dune Prophecy was so busted was because of a card that's now on the ban list, and that's all mm-hmm. you've got. So, like, the the problem was being able to stack all of those things together, and now you can't really do that. So, I don't, I don't see why it's still restricted. Like, if it wasn't restricted, would it still would it encourage me to take it more? I mean, since I can have ten cards, maybe, but I still don't think I would even be using it that much because the negative for me far outweighs the positive on that card. Yeah, yeah. when when it, at most you're having a Thor with two 10 dice attacks or Angela with two, maybe three 10 dice. I guess Angela can pop off with three 10 dice attacks. Valkyrie is an, uh, an example also of a character that could benefit from it, but I don't, you know. Yeah, that, that's a lot of power on her, though. I'm, yes. I'm looking at the, just like those easy builders. Exactly. But then these characters that have a naturally high physical defense like are just going to get slaughtered the rest of the game. Exactly. So for me, three, three downsides, there's three restrictions to that card and that is one too many. Yeah. So, uh, I'm with you on that. And I think that it's one of those cards that they did say that the banner restricted list is a living document. It could come off the restricted list because again, like for me personally, and this is, you know, 
Maybe there's some kind of spicy thing out there that I haven't figured out yet. But for me personally, it's a card that I just never felt good taking because that negative was so huge. Mm-hmm. So, anywho. Next up, we have Sandbox, or our friend Sean. He says, hot take, first glance, affiliation, winners and losers. I mean, I think I think Avengers is a big winner here because I think Bucky... Yep. Bucky really likes hanging out with his Avenger buddies now. And then I think X-Force actually is a little bit of a winner here in that they get to have Bucky and him be... Like, I think Bucky really plays well with X-Force now. And okay. that's, like, as a big winner. But, like, it's nice to see some, some X-Force love in a roundabout way, I think. And then... Otherwise, like, losers, I think... Brotherhood's a slight affiliation loser, but not much. What about you? Uh, I I do think Brotherhood is a is a loser on two fronts. Uh, Valkyrie, no longer having the turn one throw was a was a little bit of a hit. Uh, they can still do it in Lockjaw, but there's extra hoops and other things that just aren't pleasant. So, I think Brotherhood's a loser. Wakanda is a is a loser across the board uh their insane control got toned down which is good it needed to be uh but uh, just across the board they uh they lost uh their control and okoye is no longer the in affiliation two that shakes the world uh which is good but i mean it, it makes wakanda come out looking a little bad i'm gonna stop you right there for a second nate okay after you talked about wakanda because i think wakanda saying that they're a loser in this, and I know you don't mean that they're losers. <laughs> I know you don't mean it like that. But I actually think that Wakanda in all of this is still okay. It's just they're they're brought into a place that makes sense. Like, they're not as ultra-uber control as they were before, and I think that's okay. Yeah, no, it's totally okay. But they, in overall, have they gone up or down in power level? Well, they've gone down from being really up, so they're kind of in the middle now. So yeah, so they they've middled, but they're they're still a loser in the changes. Right. But what's your biggest loser here? Asgard, downright. Downright. I I completely agree. I think Asgard definitely, in so many ways. I mean, you, all yeah, <laughs> yes. So yeah, no. I mean, uh, two of their best characters got nerfed which is fine they they needed that but then their tactic card got nerfed uh but then none of the other characters got buffed i mean you could maybe maybe argue that loki got a little bit of love now being able to use the space gym instead eh yeah like that, yeah. that that that's a very parallel buff in my opinion where it's just like hey that's a nice change it's not something but like thor could have used something on his big spender uh, because now just yeah. Medusa's spender is better than his. Yes. Uh, Hela could have used a little bit of something. So I, Asgard got to beat up on pretty bad. I think winners, uh, Avengers, specifically Sam Spam uh, with Winter Soldier, but also just they're going to be able to remain more flexible uh, with their wide roster and wide selection than most of the other teams in the game. So they're a pretty big winner there and uh i had one more but it slipped my mind and that's okay that's okay so 
Next up, we've got one absolute 277, or Matt, as he's affectionately known as. Do you think Bitter Rivals should have hit the ban rather than Restricted List? Absolutely not. Yep, I'm with you. Like, it's a strong, good effect, but it Restricted makes sense. Banning that, and it's for the reasons we talked about. I mean, it's way more of a situational and a way harder choice to make now for for bringing it so yeah yeah with, with all you've got gone and doom prophecy even uh being that much more limited uh bitter rivals overall effectiveness has gone down significantly still really good still very powerful especially when you can get it on the right objective setups uh but the, the like your opponent's not even gonna bring it if you play on a d setup like right. so I, I think it's uh, it's fine at restricted Exactly. So next up, we've got Leland from the Aegis Brand Studios. Do you think any of the changes went too far or not far enough? Nate, I'm going to let you answer for me. What do you think I'm going to say here? Advanced R&D. Went way too far. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I I think advanced R&D is a fine change. I, I don't necessarily think it was needed. Uh, but I, I think it's a fine one. I don't think they're like uh, advanced R and D will still see play. Yes, it will. Well, we'll no longer see play. And I do think they went too far on is keeping doom prophecy restricted. Yeah. I Running the theme. rest of the episode. <laughs> Running theme. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I, I'm with you in terms of characters though. I think everything is kind of right in line. I, I think that Okoye is edging on having gone too far just just from a power economy situation, but mm-hmm. I, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 there, there are definitely some things that I wish they had done differently. Like I, I wish that winter soldier went to a, uh, a net one guaranteed instead of equal to damage dealt. Same as a Koye, uh, just to keep them more efficient and viable on the table. Uh, so there's some changes like that. Uh, but all in all, I think they've done a really good job with the uh, the tuning up of uh, characters. Yeah, agree. So and tuning down for that matter. And tuning down. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think everything kind of feels pretty solid. So next up, we've got Panzer Harris. Was pentagrams really enough of a problem to warrant an increase in cost, especially given the change to R&D? And we kind of talked about this when we discussed it, is that Yes, it was, but it also wasn't as popular as some of the other things. But it definitely was a a negative play experience in some instances. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll throw out a couple things here. First, uh, the changed R and D doesn't change anything for pentagrams. Uh, I guess maybe it does for the the objective obscene plays, but like pentagrams would have been able to be played. I don't. Maybe I just misread the intention behind that. So I don't, I don't think R and D had a huge impact on the, that change to pentagrams. Agree. Uh, but I do think that pentagrams, while it wasn't as huge of a problem as it was previously, uh, pentagrams with new Hulk turn one is crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, I think with new Hulk, uh, it being, not a turn one option for Hulk getting up the board is probably for the best. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for you on that one. Yep. 
So next up, we've got Jera, and we already discussed this question just a little bit here, but it says, loosely speaking, which affiliations went up and which went down? And then he says, did the doomed change make the Asgard more interesting as the lack of term one portals doom defenders? And I think we've already kind of discussed most of that, so I'm going to kind of go for the defenders thing. Does the mm-hmm. lack of a turn one portals doom defenders? I don't think so because I think defenders are good and the narrative around defenders was always about the portals. And I think that there is a lot of play undiscovered within defenders for just kind of what they can do. And I think that now there'll be more of a maybe a bit of a chip damage kind of spend that power to change attacks more often kind of thought process when you're using them which i think will be more interesting i don't know yeah no i'm right there with you uh i think they're either the third or fourth largest affiliation in the game still Mm -hmm. uh they, they have tons of options and they're always getting these just like little incremental extra like oh yeah we, we threw in valkyrie oh yeah we'll throw in clea oh and like they're they're getting all these just kind of like you don't necessarily expect them to get characters but they're getting them yeah. uh so i think the affiliation is still wide open uh hulk getting a buff is something that they love to see ghost rider getting an absolutely major buff as well something they love to see uh, I think defenders are going to be fine. I agree. I completely agree. So next up, we've got uh, Qualesterian. I hope I said that right. So what got missed? I don't mean X-Men or later releases that were never on the block, but who is eligible for changes that didn't get them? I'm thinking Punisher. And I'm with you. I, I think Punisher could have uh, had a little love. I think that... He's a really interesting character, and I think the one thing you could have done was put him in Midnight Suns, and he'd been all right. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Even though he, like, it's one of those things where, like, the the cover where he is on it is actually just a, a fan-made one. And so, like, he, he's not actually a Midnight Sun. Correct. But I think as, as soon as we get a Thunderbolts or something where he is affiliated, uh, he'll, he'll be happy in his new home. Yeah, I agree with that. And in terms of like what you could have, what other things could have changed, I mean, really, Doc Ock is one that I think could have used some love. You know, he, he's a character that I really like. And mm-hmm. I think with new Spider Foes, we'll see more table time. But I think that maybe ox clutches being reduced to two instead of three, even though that's kind of opposite of the direction they've been going with a lot of changes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. He's got a range three throw, man. I know. On characters. Look. You can't make that two power. I'm not saying that that's what (laughs) needed to change. I'm saying (laughs) if you're going to do something to Dr. Octopus, like maybe look at that. Maybe because that's kind of like the shtick, right? Like, I love his strike with flurry of arms. I think that's really cool, but he has no, like he's, he should control people. He should move people around constantly. Like his strike having flurry of arms and maybe a push on a wild or something could be cool. Like an automatic, like you must push or instead of ox clutches, like just having a throw, like he also could have some kind of way to pull people in where it's just a straight pull people in kind of thing. Like I, I don't know. Like, I'm not a developer. So you just wanted a, a three-foot version of Medusa. 
something, I guess. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying that. <laughs> I know you are. You know, it, I like Doc Ock. Like, he's a really good, even just give him another stamina. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I, I think he's pretty tanky as is, actually, because he's 4-3-4 with 5-6. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just I'm just throwing out options here, all right? I know, uh, and, and I agree. I think uh, Doc Ock could have seen a little bit of love just somewhere. I'm not sure what I would have changed. He's actually a, a pretty good character exactly. as is, and now having an affiliation that's a lot more viable, uh, and Gobby being more viable makes well-laid plants more viable. So Doc Ock got a lot of indirect buffs by Goblin getting some buffs. I completely uh, agree. Yeah. Uh, I think core Spider-Man... An extra point of stamina on one side yep. would not have been unreasonable. Uh, but I think that's really all I would have changed on him. Uh, I think as far as characters missed, just in the broad sense of things, I think AMG kind of got it. I, I wish some had maybe got tuned up a little bit more or tuned down a little bit less. But all in all, I think they they hit the, the major players that needed something. Uh, one thing I do think could have changed and not been unreasonable is Wakanda forever going to two power. Yep. That was the other one I was going to mention. Like seeing Midnight Suns who have a much wider roster. So it, it makes sense that there needs to be some additional restriction. Uh, but seeing this one not go up to two power does not give me any hope for Wakanda getting expansion anytime soon. Yep. I agree with that. So next up, we've got D money 2020 with pentagrams of Faralalalala going from two to three power. Do you think that AMG is trying to do away with the turn one plays or at least make them less common? And I know I have a history of like being like, this is the intent of what they're doing. I'm assigning intent for their actions. I, ha I do that sometimes. I know I'm sorry. But in this instance, I don't think it's necessarily them making a statement so much as just trying to give each player an opportunity to act if you will, and mm -hmm. the pentagrams changed specifically, maybe it's because I never felt like that was something that was super broken in terms of turn one plays, right? Like, strong, good, you know, especially the objective part of that, I never felt like it was broken. Now, where, for me, it was a much bigger problem was for, like, bringing a MODOK up and blasting into your deployment zone. That was a problem. So, like... I think the idea is to maybe just like the next part here, at least make them less common, like make this like insane turn one play where you never interact with your opponent go the way of the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. And, and again, that's me thinking of intent when we don't know what the intent is, but I could see that kind of being the direction to go. Cause it's, the idea of the game has always been superhero battles, not superhero grab and go. Yeah. Uh, so I'll respond. And I think as we look at all of the changes, not just uh, the pentagram portal play and the changes that AMG has made this go around, I think it, there's you can definitely say there's a common theme of them restricting some of the, the turn one play stuff. So we, we completely banned the citizen ex extract uh, evacuation so like that that was one of the more notorious turn one shenanigans. Mm -hmm. uh, taking away Rainbow Bridge kind of prevents uh, some of the dash guard play patterns. Mm -hmm. uh, 
so as you kind of look, you can probably kind of see a theme where those turn one plays are not there. There absolutely still are some. Uh, and heck, you could even point at uh, Gamma Launch no longer being in advanced R&D to a lesser extent. Uh, things that have to be done on a character's activation prevents those turn one shenanigans. Yeah, and I'm happy for this change ultimately because I I like interacting with my opponent. I like mm-hmm. I, I like trying to say, well, I'm going to set myself up for future turns versus like before I even do anything, I know that this is this and this and this and this is going to play out like this and then that that and I'm going to move this piece here and that piece there. I'm going to activate this and then boom, then you get your opponent gets to activate. You know what I mean? Like so, I, I'm I'm here for this. Sandbox with another question says, "What affiliations will you be trying out first with the changes?" I'm gonna ask you that one first, Nate. Uh, actually, I have a battle report lined up here pretty soon where I'll be uh, playing some Black Order into the Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice, can't wait to see that. Yeah, so that'll be fun. For me, it's Midnight Sons of the Ghost Rider. It's Ghost Rider everywhere. Like, it's, it, it's, yeah, not, so much it, it's not even affiliation. You just want to play Ghost Rider. Just Ghost Rider. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Understandable. So next up, let's see here. Uh, what was your favorite toy or toys growing up? <laughs> That's from Schultze because, of course, it was. So my favorite toy growing up or toys was my X-Men action figures, and I still have some of them. But oh, man. The, the just curveball of a question where... Uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he's always got some good ones. I'm just trying to think now. Uh, let's go, you know what, I'm just going to kind of give a generic, like, Legos. Uh, Legos were what's up, and it's, uh, it's something where every now and again I'll, uh, I'll still go get, like, a, a relatively cheap kit, because Legos have (laughs) spiked in price since childhood. Tell me about Uh, it, as a seven-year-old, having, having a seven-year-old that loves Legos. Yeah, no, no joke. Um, but, uh, I'll say Legos. Okay, that's cool, I like that. Bamfuzi says, Panic Grips got banned. Good choice or not needed, especially given the new Crisis selection. So, we've already kind of talked about this, but I like the layer of the given the new Crisis selection option. Yes, still worth it because even though it would only come out, I mean, what twenty percent of the time at that point, I guess. Mm-hmm. It, it still was could have created such a negative experience that I, I think that it's okay. Yeah, the, the the people playing it at restricted were the people who were abusing it in certain affiliations. And like, I, I'm not trying to call anybody out for for playing it as an option because like it was there. It's cool, unique tech that is limited, uh, but like it it had potential for some really strong plays that just could not be interacted with well enough or consistently enough that it it needed to go. Absolutely. So. Next up, we've got BF Trick, or Pat, as uh, Patrick, as he's well-known around these parts. With the updated character cards, who will win in Captain America Civil War? (laughs) So, um, I'm going to say definitely Scarlet Witch. She seems, seems like she would definitely win, but puts in parentheses here all the different characters. Iron Man, Black Widow, Vision, War Machine, Spider Man, and Black Panther versus... Captain America, Steve Rogers, Falcon, Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Winter Soldier, and Scarlet Witch. I'm going to still go with the uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, and because they've got a Scarlet Witch. You you give me Iron Man Hulkbuster, and I'll uh, I'll take that side. But uh, otherwise, I, I think I'll have to go with the uh, the double cap team. Yeah, as I say, don't you know? 
don't put in things here that aren't there. <laughs> it just says Iron Man. I can interpret that how I want. This is true. This is true. Well, we actually need to put this on the tabletop because it sounds super fun. So we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. The next uh, we've got Rylan here. He says, "Will you be coming by the shop tomorrow to throw dice?" <laughs> no, I will not because I have to work. So when is this episode coming out? Tomorrow. tomorrow. Exactly. But it's not because I work on the episode. It's because I work on air traffic control. <laughs> so anyways, Nate, that is all we have questions for and uh, everything there. And all in all, I want to say thank you to AMG for putting out these updates and everything. And I think that this, like you said at the beginning of the show here, a 1.5 that feels really good. And, you know, maybe maybe the 2.0 will come when we get the X-Men rebalances because Lord knows we need them. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the, the, all all good things gives us uh, content creators something to to talk about and rejoice. But honestly, also just uh, that there, there's so many uh, good things with all of this. There's a little bit of time for AMG to answer questions because it kind of sounded like maybe doom prophecy wasn't supposed to be restricted because of how it was worded in the article but they've been able to come out and clarify yes it is still on the restricted list so uh really good timing really excited about it absolutely and all of this here on this show by the way just as we said earlier it is a hot take you know because we just got this drop fully and and we've had some time to see some of these updates but obviously the, the big ones we talked about we haven't really seen all of them like Okoye, Winter Soldier, Black Panther. So maybe there's something that we're missing. If there is, let us know. Send us an email at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Send us messages on our Facebook page. You can comment on our post. We made a post about this, so let us know what you think there. Or you can, uh, like I said earlier, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol and get access to our Discord, and uh, we can talk about it over there as well. And I know I'm excited to try a lot of this new stuff out. I'm also excited to see kind of what changes kind of just overall this brings within the community. If there's any kind of conversation change around the game with some of this stuff. You know, I'm excited to see an Ebony Maul across the table from me. Like, I'm not necessarily, like, I'm going to play him, don't get me wrong, but I'm not, like, a Black Order player. So I don't really, like, mm-hmm. love that kind of game. But at the same time, I'm excited to see that model on the table. I'm excited to see other models see some table time that maybe they didn't before and i'm excited to see kind of what new tactics and what new strategies the community come come up with so yeah nate what do you think yeah no uh all all sorts of just good and exciting things lots of things to to test out uh, lots of models that are going to start to get to see the table that hadn't before uh i just a lot of uh, a lot of hype over here. Absolutely. So, with that, Nate, you got any final words for uh, the people out there? No. Uh, I guess uh, first of all, uh, if you want to see this on YouTube, uh, you can find it over on the Gamers Guild because Will is very graciously uh, letting me steal this uh, episode recording to uh, to throw over there so that I don't have to uh, repeat through all of this information myself because it would be <laughs> a very similar. Uh, look at all the different changes and reactions and stuff. So, thank well, you. Yeah, man. Well, you did roll a die and vote for me as best sport at the event, so it's the least I could do. 
It's true. <laughs> so, yeah, make sure to check that out. Give Nate some love. Make sure to like and subscribe the Gamers Guild channel over there because I love all the stuff you do, Nate. And I hope that the uh, suits out there love it as well. I'm sure they do. And make sure, like I said, to do all the things I mentioned earlier, suits, and be also prepared for another House Party Protocol episode on Thursday covering the Guardians of the Galaxy updates. So be ready for that. And also, the last, last word I'm going to say here. I know there were some spoilers that leaked out this week. We can't talk about them until AMG spoils them, just because that's just how we operate here. So if you're kind of new here and you're wondering why we aren't going to talk about those particular things, the reason why is because we like to honor what AMG releases with us and everything. So expect to see some content on that when uh, those, those things appear in an official capacity. So with that, party on, Nate. Party on, Will. And power down suits. <laughs>